Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. My name is Aaron Avra, and with me, as always, from quarantine, Donatus Carroll. How are we doing, Donatus? <laughs> Aaron, my man, I'm doing great, dude. Day four of being sheltered in place here in Georgia. Day or like week 7,000 of being in uh social distancing for the coronavirus so uh yeah ventured out a little bit this this morning went to the the dollar store and uh everybody did good man everybody had their masks on it was keeping six feet away so it's funny man because there's just kind of like a i don't know if you've been out at all but there's just kind of like an understood thing among people in the grocery store like you make eye contact they're like you get on that side of the aisle i'll get on this side of the aisle and then we'll switch so it's uh Crazy, man, but, you know, doing good, dude. How are you? How are you surviving the uh, sheltering in place and quarantine? Ooh, man, I have watched more streaming <laughs> video whatever that I feel like I have in all of 2019 combined already. And I watch a lot of streaming video. Um, it's our spring break, and so while I'm not teaching this week, um, we're still – you know, sitting at the house, having a good time, <laughs> just doing nothing. Yeah, um, yeah man, it's it's a. Uh, I don't know. Did we talk last when? No, they had just made the announcement when we uh, when we ended. Uh, schools yeah. in Georgia are not returning back to their buildings, so I will be teaching yeah. from from my home all the way through maybe the end of May. I know some counties in Georgia are deciding to go ahead and call it early in May. Um, wow. Fulton County has not. So as far as I am concerned, I'll be teaching from my kitchen table um, <laughs> until May 22nd. Um, but no, it's, it's been good. We've gotten out a few. Um, yesterday went out with some teachers. We, we have it set up where some of our kids who, you know, rely on the lunches at the school can come by and get a free lunch um, Mondays, yeah. Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, so we got, got out then, but you know, that's about it. We go to the grocery store when we need to. Uh, but other than yeah. that, staying home, watching some Jack Ryan. If you haven't seen that on Amazon Prime, it is excellent. Um, just Tiger King, everything. You got to watch Tiger King. I tried to get you on that. Um, everyone, let Donatus know, Tiger King's where it's at. Um, but y'all, y'all didn't come here to hear me talk about Tiger King. Y'all came here <laughs> to hear installment two of the NFL mock draft. If you remember last time we flipped the coin, Donatus went first, so he has the odd numbers. I have the even numbers. Uh, the only variation this time will be drafting picks 11 through 21. Uh, Donatus and I have discussed it prior, and we are switching the 16 and 17 picks. So Donatus will pick for the Denver Broncos at 15, and then the Atlanta Falcons at 16, and therefore I will choose for the Cowboys at 17, and then the Miami Dolphins at 18, and we'll carry on as usual. Um, to update you on this draft, to make sure that we're up to date, um, I should just direct you to our former podcast, but it'll help jog our memories. We had in our top 10 picks, Joe Burrow went number one overall. Tua Tagovailoa was or Washington stunned us all by taking Tua with the second pick. Isaiah Simmons went to Detroit at three. Chase Young four to the Giants. Uh, 
Jerry Judy, instead of a quarterback, was taken by Miami. Justin Herbert was taken by the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> Carolina Panthers stepped in, took Jeff Akuda, uh, who had slipped. Arizona took an offensive tackle in Jedrick Wills, Jr. Um, Jacksonville went with C.D. Lamb as a wide receiver. And my Cleveland Browns drafted Tristan Wirfs at offensive tackle which now brings us to the number 11 pick of the draft. The New York Jets are on the clock. Their GM, Donatus Carroll, is now picking. Awesome. The New York Jets are on the clock. And with the 11th pick in the 2020 draft, the New York Jets select Nick Saban, coach, Alabama. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I had my best. <laughs> I had my Word document up typing everything down, and I was ready to type, and you pulled this nonsense out. Uh, I thought of that on the way home today. I was like, man, the Jets need a new head coach. Can we just uh, select Nick Saban? Can we just trade everything and select Nick Saban? Seriously, sorry. Um, the, the New York Jets take – Can't with you today. Uh, <laughs> Makai Beckton, offensive tackle. Um Here's the thing. The Jets, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways that the Jets could have gone um, with this draft pick. They need they need wide receivers, right? They lost um, Robbie Anderson. Um, so they've really got Jameson Crowder. They got Brashad Perriman from um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think Perriman is a former um, first-round pick. I don't know. I know he was with the Ravens, I think, but I don't know. Was he ever with the Browns? I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, he, um, he, well, he, he was drafted first round by the Ravens. He was injury ridden. He came to the Browns. We kind of resurrected his career, and then he went to Tampa for a year. That's right. I knew that the Browns might have had something to do with him, but we have loved everybody. Him, yeah, I kind of get him and Corey Coleman confused at times. So. Oh. Corey Coleman still hasn't resurrected his career. But anyways, um, so the Jets, they need a wide receiver. Um, so I thought about going wide receiver here, but the Jets have seven picks this year. Um, and with it being such a, a deep um, wide receiver class, I figured they could get a wide receiver either in the second or third round. They really need to build up their offensive line um, in order to protect Sam Darnold. Um, Darnold, I don't have the exact – stats on it but I know he's missed a few games um each of his past few his past two years um so he kind of looks a little injury prone but this is a this is a big year for Sam Darnold um this is this is year three and obviously you know in year three you're expecting um your quarterback usually from year one to year two to make a big jump but then especially from year two to year three but, I mean, you got to look at, besides Josh Rosen, who has not really been given much of an opportunity, Baker Mayfield is, is thriving, Lamar Jackson's thriving, uh, Josh Allen is thriving, and I'm sure thriving may be a strong word, but all three of those quarterbacks are having really good success um, with their respective teams. Darnold was taken before – um, both Josh Allen and obviously Lamar Jackson. So this is kind of a year where Sam Darnold needs to step it up. And what's going to help him um, do that is going to have protection 
Makai Becton is 6'7", 364 pounds. Um, he's a he's a giant of a man. Um, he's got good strength and he's got quick feet as well. So I don't know if they'll use him to play, um, you know, his his uh, his blind side or not. But I think if you have the opportunity to take a um, an offensive lineman, since this is such a deep wide receiver class, I think especially in our draft, you've really got Beckton and um, Andrew Thomas left um, on the board. So you've got to you've got to you've got to steal um, an offensive tackle here at pick number eleven. So I think they go Makai Beckton, um, and I believe he's going to step in and really solidify that offensive line for the uh, for the Jets. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I think the Jets need one of two things. Um, they need wide receivers, or they need someone like they need something to happen on offense. I feel like the Jets constantly. Yeah have a good defense and the one thing that's always been I'm going to call it terrible because it is as terrible is their offense um, that started yeah. you know back when um, what's his name was there when um, Rex oh, Ryan was there like oh yeah uh, no even before him like Rex Ryan he, he came in and the offense was okay for a year or two and then the defense got strong and the defense stayed strong and um the offense just never caught up. Um, and yeah. through all the other head coaching changes, never caught up. Um, I think it could have went either way. I think, you know, they invested in free agency and wide receivers. Um, but I think if you're going to try and fix uh, the – I don't know. If you're going to try and fix the, the Jets like you tried to fix the Browns, you need to solidify that offensive line. Um I don't think we've seen the potential best from Sam Darnold. Um, what he's doing now is the reason why I didn't want the Browns to take him. I was never a yeah. Sam Darnold believer. Um, right. So I'm not even convinced that even a great offensive line is going to elevate him. Uh, you know, they did sign George Fant um, from Seattle, but, you know, that's one person. that they, they, they could flex them. They, they could change their tackles up, whatever. Uh, solid pick. Solid pick for the Jets. Once again, our, our nice in-depth review of tackles is uh, oh, yeah. stellar. He's 6'7 and 364 pounds. So. And, <laughs> and that was it. He's got to have strength. I don't know what thinking there. And Mel Kiefer now doesn't have him rated pretty high, so he must be good. <laughs> he's got to be good, yeah. <laughs> All right, on the, on the clock is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um I, mm, I'm trying to lean one of two ways, and I think I've decided which way I'm going to lean. I, I, I thought this was – because we still have a big-name defensive tackle on the board um, yeah. in Derek Brown from, from yeah. Auburn. But the more I look at this Raiders roster and I see names like Tyrell Williams, who, didn't, who hasn't lived up to his year, and Zay Jones and – Drop the ball, Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Renfro, who's already been there for about 15 years. They're missing, <laughs> and, and Jason Witten, who's who's 700 years old. They're missing. Witten twice again. Well, he he just signed with them this offseason, so we'll get to see him in the uh, in the silver and black um, for the first time ever. You know, and oh, geez, here's some more gold. So here we go. Before I get to my pick, I am just, whew, 
boggling over this this offense. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs is good, which which I think get, when I get yeah. to what I'm going to talk about, I think is going to help him out. But this quarterback rotation, man, you ready for this? Oh yeah, they they have Derek Carr. Wow. They have Marcus Mariota. Yeah. They have Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> and they Kaiser. have and they have Nathan Pick Six Peterman. <laughs> Peterman. Still on the roster. I didn't know he was still. Good. Peterman, by the way, uh, Gruden said was actually a good quarterback. Remember that last year? Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that. Quarterback. Gruden, come on, dude. But <laughs> for the fact that and Darren Waller, who is an emerging like top five tight end with yeah. Jason Witten, um, I think Jacobs is great. I think Waller is is going to be solid. Witten is a yeah. good pickup. But they're missing that wide receiver threat. Um, you know, there's about 15,000 wide receivers that are going to get drafted this year. But they <laughs> they want one of the elites, and they have already missed out on Jerry Judy, and they have missed out on CeeDee Lamb. So instead, with the 12th pick of the NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Henry Ruggs, the yeah. third yeah. out of Alabama. That's a good pick. Yeah. Um, you know, Alabama just had a – they're normally a stable of running backs at Alabama. This year they had, you know, easily three of the best receivers in college football. And I feel like even um, – you can even say the same for LSU. Like there are so many great wide receivers. Um yeah. Coming out of college football this year, Henry Ruggs, though, he has those burners. He has that speed. Um, and that's, I think, one thing they're missing is to be able to um, go over the top and be that downfield threat. But Henry Ruggs can also, like, tear up the inside. He, 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 can, he can run those slants, those inside runs, those quick routes and still have the speed to take it up the second or third level and score from a, a simple slant. So he's not just a run as far as you can and I'm going to throw it to you. Um, he's, he's been working with Jerry Judy, who I think is the best route runner uh, coming out. Jerry Judy's route skills is like, I mean, it is crazy how good Jerry yeah. Judy is running routes. Um and, you know, the the Raiders are in a situation where they need a playmaker. I don't know if they're going to go with Derek Carr or Mariota as their quarterback. I've heard that um, Gruden is very high on Mariota. And I don't think Mariota's terrible. Um, you know, I, I kind of hope he resurrects his career in Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I, I I'm not convinced that Gruden is going to keep Derek Carr on the roster if, if Mariota can beat him out and he can trade him. Um, but then I guess I just leaves them with Kaiser and Peterman as backups, which is, ugh, not get that. And, and Mariota gets hurt a lot. Um, yeah. But anyway, all that to say, the Raiders need, need some people, um, at the wide receiver spot to make their offense exciting. They got their running back, who I think is going to be solid, uh, for years to come. They have their tight end situated. Um, we're going to see which quarterback comes out, but they need some people to throw to. Um, and I think Henry Ruggs III is their man. Thoughts? 
Yeah, that's um, that's a really solid pick. Um, I was I was um, I I thought about putting Ruggs with the uh, with the Jets, um, but yeah, I mean the, you're right. The Raiders the Raiders need the Raiders need a wide receiver. Um, really good analysis on your side as far as you know. Aguilar drops the ball um, so much <laughs> that he became a meme or a gif or whatever you want to call it. Um, which, I, by the way, that video is hilarious. Like, if I'm having a bad day, I watch that video just to make myself feel good. Um, if you haven't seen it, check out uh, it's that fire man talking about Aguilar um, dropping things and they're catching babies. Um, anyways, anyways, um, <laughs> so good good analysis. Um, Tyrell Williams is not a number one wide receiver, um, and I think I think we we knew that when he came from the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but I think last year just kind of solidified it. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's a boom or bust. Um, not, not as much as like a Will Fuller is, but kind of along the same lines of like Will Fuller, when he's healthy, he's either going to score a touchdown, um, or he's not going, he's not going to have a big game at all. He's going to have like two receptions for seven yards. Uh, and Tyrell Williams, very much the same thing. Like I think he started off last season. Uh, the first five games or five out of the first six games scoring a touchdown. Then he just kind of plateaued, plateaued. Um, so, and then Hunter Renfro, which I know, you know, we both love, um, Renfro's a really good slot receiver. Um, so I think, you know, drafting, drafting something like Henry Ruggs is going to open it up for Renfro to work underneath. Um, and then it's going to open it up for Tyrell Williams to really be that deep threat burner, um, that he is. So, um, and like you said, Ruggs, um, really good route runner, um, but he's also super quick and he can take a plant, um, and, and, and score, you know, 40, 50 yard touchdown, um, in, you know, three to four seconds. So, um, uh, yeah, and, and obviously, you know, having somebody like Henry Ruggs who you're going to have to respect is going to open it up for, um, Josh Jacobs, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, that's a that's a really good pick, really good analysis, and that's really the only position that they really, really need to solidify um, offensively. Like you said, they're, they've got good tight ends, they've got a good offensive line, um, and then obviously Josh Jacobs is a stud. So yeah, not too much to add, but that's a, that's a good pick for the for the Raiders. And if they don't take Rugs and he's there, I think I think that's I think that that would be a really bad decision. All right. (laughs) Next up. All right. Well, the San Francisco uh, 49ers, the 13th pick. Who are they taking? Yes, sir. The San Francisco 49ers made a trade with the Indianapolis Colts to acquire this pick. Um, And so with the 13th pick in the 2020 draft, uh, the San Francisco 49ers select Derek Brown, who has been sliding here in our draft. but they select they select Derek Brown, um, and I, golly man, could you imagine um, if in real life that Derek Brown drops to the Forty ers at thirteen? Um, you're pairing Derek yeah, Brown with that, Joey Bosa, um, Eric Armstead, um, some of those other guys. And then you know they've got a really good linebacker core, and then obviously a good secondary as well. Um, had you not picked Henry Ruggs ahead of us, I, I thought about putting Henry Ruggs here at the 49ers. 
the um, so the 49ers obviously they went to the Super Bowl this past year, but the the only positions that they really need uh, to solidify is they need a wide receiver and they need a defensive tackle. So obviously this defensive tackle, um, Derek Brown, that takes care of that, um, and then they've got the 31st pick. So um, I would imagine they may draft receiver or something like that with that pick because after that they don't draft again until the fifth round. So they've really got to nail it. Um, on these first two picks. Um, but Derrick Brown, I think, you know, he's, he's dominated the SEC. Um, he's, I don't know his exact height, but he's, he's a, he's 6'4", 6'5", I think, and about 300 pounds. But the thing that really sticks out about Derrick Brown is he's really quick off his, um, off that, off his line. Um, he's got really quick feet and really good hands too. Um, and he was just a problem at, at Auburn, um, you know, earlier this year, I think people were talking about the potential of him being in the Heisman conversation. Um, he's a playmaker. He's a game changer. Um, and just putting him, putting him on that defensive line with the San Francisco 49ers, um, you know, especially since you've got mobile quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, um, you know, you're going to need a, you're going to need a, somebody who can kind of disrupt um, disrupt the pass rush up the middle, um, and giving, uh, Joey Bosa, um, and Eric Armstead the, the opportunity, the chance to kind of, to get to those quarterbacks. So I think that, I mean, that's, that's just going to be a huge problem for whoever faces the 49ers when you've got those three young studs, um, because you're going to have to double team one of them. And if you double team one of them, then you, you know, you're freeing it up for the other one. So, um, taking Derek Brown's going to open it up for Joey Bosa to be, um, I've been saying Joey Bosa the whole time. Nick Bosa. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. They're the 49ers same. <laughs> yeah. Nick Bosa is the one who plays for the 49ers. Joey Bosa plays for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, just realized that. So Nick Bosa, um, anyways, yeah. So drafting Derek Brown is going to allow, is going to open it up for Nick Bosa to, to really continue to be productive. So what do you think? Nope, that's, there's not too much to add to it. I, I thought you were, cause what you did here, depending on what I did with my next pick in Tampa, I was yeah. between if he was going to be open or the route yeah. I'm going to go. Um, if Derek Brown fell all the way to 13, um, that'd be wild. Um, it, it happened yeah. in our, in our draft. Uh, it probably won't happen in real life, but <laughs> to trade away DeForest Buckter, um, yeah. just to replenish with yeah. a, I mean, what they have labeled is like, you know, one of the top 10 players in the entire draft, uh, to right. immediately fill in that spot. Uh, cause that's really their only weakness right now, I think, with yeah. defense. I, I think their, their secondary is great and they even solidified that. Um, um, you know, their offense is solid. I thought they could use a wide receiver. So I thought had you went, you know, a receiver route, maybe a Justin Jefferson or somebody, um, yeah. then I was going to take him in Tampa. But that's, you know, not much more to say. Great pick. Um, I think if San Fran gets him, it's almost just like, you know, next guy up from the draft. Right. That's going to tear right. up that, that they're going to have for the next four years on a cheap rookie contract, um, and they're not going to have to worry about for four years. Um, yeah. Great pick. Great pick. All right. Thank you. Moving on to the 14th pick. 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers, since Derek Brown is off the board, I'm definitely not going to draft him because I can't. Um, <laughs> so we one thing that we know for sure that Tampa Bay needs is a quarterback. So would be <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. So I wouldn't be surprised if they traded back in the first and try and get a replacement for Brady. You know, he's not going to yeah. be there forever. Um, but for the time being, the one weakness they have on offense, um, I'm, other than potentially like running back, but there's no running backs that are really just knocking my socks yeah. off to take it to 14th yeah. pick. Uh, we're looking at another offensive tackle here. Um, we are looking <laughs> at taking um, Andrew Thomas there from the University go. of Georgia. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take Andrew Thomas from the University of Georgia. Um, I do not know much about Andrew Thomas. I know he is a top-five tackle. I know that every time you watch the Georgia Bulldogs game, they every single game show the heights and weights of all the offensive linemen and compare them to the average NFL line. Um, that's just something they did all season. Um, and if there's one thing that I have heard about the Buccaneers that I don't know for sure, uh, is that the offensive line play was weak, and that's a lot of the struggles besides the fact that Jameis couldn't see, um, and that he thought the other players were his players, is that there wasn't an <laughs> offensive line that could protect him appropriately. And if there's one thing with Tom Brady, um, you know, Jameis is not overly mobile, um, but Tom Brady is definitely far less mobile than um, than Jameis was. So making sure that you can protect the 42-year-old body, 43-year-old body of Tom Brady is going to be now the number one um, thing for them to do. So they take Andrew Thomas to help reinforce the outside of the line. Thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, again, our analysis of, of tackles is so, so good and deep. Um, the, uh, I'll say this about Andrew Thomas. He, he had 42 starts um, in college, so he's got a ton of experience. Um, mm-hmm. He may have more experience than, you know, the, the rest of some of these other tackles, besides maybe Jedrick Willis from Alabama. Um, and, again, you know, playing in the SEC, um, that's that's got to say something. So, um, if nothing else, they're getting somebody with a lot of experience, Um I debated taking Andrew Thomas with my next pick, um, if he was still there. But I mean, yeah, you know, he's six five and three fifteen. Um he's you know, he's got he's got pretty quick feet too. So um they you're right. I mean they, they need to go offensive line here and they, they need to go tackle. Um that's gonna help them out with their running game, whether they go I agree with you, they need to run it back as well, but like you said, there's there's not really any running back in this draft who's who's worth taking the um at number fourteen. If you wanted to trade back and acquire a few more picks, I think you could do that. Um but yeah, I mean they need to solidify the offensive line and excuse me, Andrew Thomas is going to uh to give them the opportunity to protect Brady um for the next couple of years, but then also um keep some of those offensive or defensive linemen in the NFC South, um, you know, kind of keep them occupied. So Thomas is a, Thomas is a solid pick. You can't, you can't go wrong with him. Um, regardless, they need to, they need to go um, offensive tackle, a tackle here, whether it's Thomas or somebody else. So yeah, good pick on your side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
right, we have reached that territory where Donatus will take back-to-back picks with Denver and Atlanta, and then I will follow up with Dallas and Miami. So the Denver Broncos is on the clock. Donatus, who are y'all drafting? The the Denver Broncos, uh, so, well, golly, you know, this, there's a, there's a defensive tackle who I kind of wasn't expecting to be here. Um, but so the Broncos need, they need defensive tackles and they need Justin, or they need, uh, they need a wide receiver. Um, so I'm going back and forth between two players. Um, and the Broncos have, they have, I think five takes in the first three rounds. Um, and with it being a deep, um, being a deep wide receiver class, I think they can afford to hold off on wide receivers. So I think with the 15th pick, the Denver Broncos are going to go with Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Um, and I kind of went back and forth on him because I thought about, I thought about giving him to the Falcons, um, to pair him with Grady Jarrett. Um, but I didn't want to be greedy. So I just, I went ahead and gave him to the defense, to the Denver Broncos. Um, Kinlaw is, is a, is a, uh, is a defensive tackle who again has played in the SEC. Um, he's got pretty good experience. Um, and then he really turned it on, um, towards the end of this year. Um, he's six five, three hundred and twenty four pounds. Um, he's, he's got a really explosive, um, first step. And then again, just like the Las Vegas Raiders, um, you're talking or not, not the Raiders, um, who was the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, um, you're talking about putting Javon Kinlaw with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, who Von Miller is starting to get up there in years. Um, but pairing him with Bradley Chubb, um, forcing, forcing, um, offensive linemen to make a decision on Kinlaw or Chubb or Von Miller, um, is really going to allow the, the, Den- the Denver Broncos to get creative with their defense. Obviously their coach, um, is a defensive mind, uh, Vic Fangio. Um, you know, he was with the, with the Chicago Bears for a while. Um, he loves he loves defenders, and I'm sure he's going to fall in love with Javon Kinlaw, um, who again is is the man at six five and three twenty four, um, with a really explosive first step. So, um, and it's it's just going to open it up for for Bradley Chubb and, and Von Miller. Um, and then you know I thought about they also they also need a cornerback um, here. They 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 lost Chris Harris, um, but again they've got five picks, so they can kind of. They can kind of afford to, to draft a, a cornerback later on. There's not really too many corners that wow me um, at the 15th pick. So I've got the I've got my I've got the Broncos taking Javon Kinlaw at number 15. What do you think? That upsets me because I thought that he would fall down to to my later picks. Um, <laughs> though it's surprising, like some drafts I've seen has them going like the top 10, and some has them going yeah. around here. Um, yeah. I think it's really hard, especially with like Denver used to be known for their, their, um, incredible front seven, um, to pass up on a defensive tackle that can play inside, outside and can just cause havoc. Um, 
Yeah. We got the benefit of that. He's, you know, mainly defensive end, but, you know, having a guy like Miles Garrett on the Browns who can just raise yeah. Kane on the offensive line, just having a dude being able to tear it up is, um, is a huge, huge improvement. And, uh, and Denver, yeah. you know, they've fallen off as of late. I, I thought they maybe could have had some wide receiver help, but, you know, if Ken Law falls this far, um, uh, why not go for him? Good pick. I'm glad. Yeah. I want to point out. How Donatus was not how how he was making sure to think from the GM of the positions. I was I was very curious if you were going to try and save someone specifically for Atlanta, and you didn't do it. I'm proud of you. Yeah, proud moment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was really really hoping Derek Brown was going to drop to the Falcons, but I knew that was kind of not going to happen. So um, talk about giving the Falcons Javon Kinlaw, but. I mean, we've got Grady Garrett, so, you know. Look at you being unbiased. All right, and so now, <laughs> with with the 16th pick of the NFL draft, the Atlanta Falcons are taking who? <laughs> so now with the 16th pick in the 2020 draft, um, my Atlanta Falcons are going to select, oh, man. Clavon Chason. Uh, I guess he's a defensive end out of LSU. Um, here's the thing. The Falcons, so coming into the draft, we needed a running back, um, which obviously we've got Todd Gurley now, um, which, you know, you know, he's, he's, the deal has gone through, but he hasn't signed his, his deal or something like that. So anyways, uh, Todd Gurley, if you hear this, sign your deal. We need you. Um, if not, I think the Falcons could go running back here. Um, I, again, there's not really any running backs that surprise me or that that wow me, but we have a history of picking players at places where it doesn't make sense to pick them. So that wouldn't surprise me if Thomas Dimitrov did something like that. Um, the positions <laughs> that we really need badly is we need corner and then we need uh, we need help on the defensive line. So I went back and forth between um, one of the corners that are supposedly going around this position, um, and Kalevon Chason. Um, and really, it's it's just one of those, I mean, you can't go wrong either way. Because, um, again, you know, like we talked about with the Panthers taking Jeff Okuda, um, you've got Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. You've got Mike Evans, um, Chris Godwin, Cameron Bright, uh, O.J. Howard, um, and then even with the Panthers, you've got um, Curtis Samuel, uh, Robbie Anderson, and um, I'm drawing a blank on their other receiver. Um, but, you know, he, they picked him. He was out of Maryland a, a few year, years ago. Um, um, kind of um, DJ Moore. Yes, yes, thank you, DJ Moore. Um, but I, I, I like to lay on chase on here. Um, because we're going to need help on the on the defensive line. We don't know exactly what Tack McKinley is going to be, um, and he's been injured. But we've got Grady Garrett. We've got Dante Fowler. Um, and I think at allowing us to draft Kalevon Chason um, gives us another defensive end who is, who's got a really quick um, burst on the outside. Um, and he's just got an edge, man. He just kind of plays with an edge. Um, he plays with, uh, with a bravado, 
Um, you know, he, he, he didn't necessarily have too many sacks, but um, I feel like he's just one of those players, like he showed up in those big moments for LSU when they needed him to show up the most. Um, you know, in the playoffs, he was constantly that name that people were calling. Um, he did have, he did tear his ACL in 2018. Um, but the, and the thing that kind of worries me, um, you know, we were kind of talking about this before, uh, earlier today is, you know, the Falcons don't really develop players well. Um, so that kind of worries me with somebody like Calavon Chase on who, who needs to be developed well. Um, cause I, I think, I don't, I don't want to sound like crazy or anything, but I think if he's developed the right way, he can really, de- he can really become, um, one of the top, top defensive linemen in the NFL. I just think he has that kind of, um, potential as well. So my Atlanta Falcons are going to take Calavon Chase on. We're going to pair him with Dante Fowler and Grady Garrett. Um, so yeah. That's a good pick. I, I think by one thing they've learned is, is pass rush is important. And they let um, Vic Beasley go for a reason, um, and they haven't really addressed that need in free agency yet. So to be able to lock up an edge, one of the top edge rushers in the uh, in the draft, I think will be huge. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, for your sake, I don't care about the Falcons as much, but for <laughs> for your sake, they can develop him appropriately, and he has the. Uh, the impact that they were hoping they would have gotten from Vic Beasley, that just never happened. Uh, watch yeah. Vic Beasley blow it up now wherever he's at. Because um, yeah. that's, just, that's just how it goes. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's a solid pick. Solid pick for the Falcons. Solid pick for Denver. Um, now, here we go. Back-to-backs. Dallas with the 17 pick and Miami with the 18 pick. The Dallas Cowboys. Gonna stun the world here <laughs> with the 17th pick of the NFL draft. Reinhardt University gets their very first pick in the NFL draft. Ian Schumacher, yeah, offensive tackle. <laughs> Reinhardt University. He graduated a year ago, so he's just been sitting around, but he's back, baby. <laughs> Uh, no, for Jerry real. To give him a call. <laughs> if anyone would do it, it would be Jerry Jones. Um, <laughs> Donna just laughed earlier because we discussed this on text. Uh, one thing I will give the Dallas Cowboys, as I told Jonathan, is they really know how to draft. They seem to draft really well. Um, it's just winning is where they is where they struggle. Um, I think there's a few <laughs> ways we can go here with Dallas. Um, yeah, I, I, I am under the belief that they need a wide receiver. Um, yeah. I think Amari Cooper is their elite receiver. Then it's Michael Gallup. And then the rest of the receivers, I'm like, I don't, I don't really know who y'all are. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then I also think that they could go, ooh. I think they can go DB because they did just lose yeah. uh, what's his name Byron Jones and yeah. uh, they they already began reinforcing it by signing Ha Ha Clinton Dix um, and last year the the Dallas Cowboys 
tied two teams with the fewest um, interceptions in the league with seven. So they either need a ball hawk or they need a wide receiver. Oh, this is tough. What is Jerry? Does, I think either one going DB or receiver is like right up Jerry Jones's alley because they're both flashy positions. It's not like it's a you know an offensive guard, um, which he's done. Uh, it's just not as <laughs> exciting. Um, oh jeez, I, I thought I knew what I was going to do with this pick, and then I, but then I decided I didn't know. Um, they're going to try and keep Dak and have some kind of. Oh, this is tough. All right, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> So, with the 17th pick of the NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys take C.J. Henderson, defensive back, University of Florida. Um, I think, because their their offense has been one of the, you know, most prolific offenses in the NFL that haven't won. Um, and that's yeah. with what they still have. Um, I would love to go receiver here. I just don't know if you could ignore losing a big DB um, and then potentially getting scorched on the field. Like they have some pretty solid uh, safeties, but your big cor- your big cover guys, your corners. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who Anthony Brown is. Um, <laughs> nor do I know. Nor do I know this other cornerback. Um, I feel like I should, but I don't. And so losing their big-name cornerback, I think, puts the pressure on Jerry to draft, um, you know, one the, the I think the second-highest-rated cornerback in the draft right now. Um, yeah. And um, some of the things that points out about him uh, I, is, is, you know, he has really good man coverage. He's very agile. He's good at sm- he's good in transition, um, but he's not a good tackler. Um, and for a DB, I would love my cornerbacks to be able to be great tacklers. Um, yeah. But if they can cover the dude, you know, you won't need that as much. Um, but they also said that the reason I'm 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 dismissing that as well is they said the same thing about. Um, Sorry, folks. I, re- I relate everything to the Browns, but they said the same thing about Denzel Ward that he couldn't tackle. Um, but that that buddy's been a machine. So, I you know if he if he has as great coverage, um, and your interception rate is seven in one year, um, <laughs> and you're supposed to be one of the elite teams, you're supposed to be quote unquote America's team to try and have a defense. Which, switch it around you have a pretty good defensive line you have a good linebacking core um you know once again i I think there's so many wide receivers here they could take one in the second uh second round uh but i'm going to go with with cj henderson here at at db and they're going to try and light up that uh the the db realm to see if they can stop some passing on him what do you think yeah that's yeah, yeah. I, I had C.J. Anderson pegged for one of my picks. So that's why I was uh, why you got the reaction out of me that you got. A little disappointed. Um, a little disappointed. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really good point, man. I would like to see them 
it'd be interesting to see them take somebody like uh, T. Higgins or Justin Jefferson, um, you know, or if if some of these other receivers, Henry Ruggs, um, I doubt that Jerry Judy or C.D. Lambert is going to be there at 17 for the Cowboys. But it, it'd be interesting to see them go wide receiver with that pick. Um, just because, you know, you're they did lose Randall Cobb, um, but they've got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Um, but adding another young wide receiver, I think, would just allow the Cowboys to another another playmaker, another weapon. Um you know, if there was a if there was a tight end that they felt comfortable enough taking, um, obviously they just lost Jason Witten. Um, there's no there's no tight ends that are ranked high enough to take with the 17th pick. So you're right. I mean, you look at you look at their, the other position that they needed um, losing Byron Jones was cornerback. So yeah, CJ Anderson, he's a good pick. Um, he's a top rated corner or second rated corner behind Jeff Okuda. Um like you said, he's got really good ball skills. He doesn't tackle well, really, at all. Um, so, I mean, that's, I guess that's just kind of a, a chance that you've got to be willing to take if you're the Dallas Cowboys um, and hope that, you know, he, he decides that he wants to tackle, which in, in, their, in their defense, they don't really have that I can think of off the top of my head. They don't really have – they don't really face any elite wide receivers um, from the Eagles, Redskins, or Giants. Um, nah. So that allows him to be a shutdown corner on that side. Um, again, I didn't watch too much film on him, but I've got to like his chances against um, Terry McLaurin from 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 the Redskins. Um, the Giants don't really have anybody. Golden Tate, old. Um, and then... Um, what right, the Eagle and the yeah and the, the Eagles. Um, the Eagles wide receivers are notorious for dropping the ball, and so you know he doesn't really have to worry about that game. So um, CJ Anderson, I, I would imagine, would be a good pick here, um, and he he's got quick speed as well. So uh, you're when I guess your only your only concern is tackle, which corners don't necessarily have a reputation for tackling, anyways. So I feel like you can kind of allow yourself to, you know, for that to be the only problem. So yeah, CJ Anderson's a good pick, and six one two. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah, he gives you some height. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's a good pick. I, I hate that you took him there, but that's a good pick. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you uh, you agree. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I'm, that that make my next. What you got for this next one? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm well, see, this is where I'm struggling. Problem. Yeah, because I'm struggling here because you took yeah a receiver with the fifth yeah. pick. So my bad. Well, I didn't look ahead. Well, I'm struggling because there's where I would normally go with Miami for this one is they've been investing in the defense. They don't have a safety, or they could use an edge rusher. So like. Xavier McKinney, um, yeah. Grant Delpit um, are, are sticking out to me in safety. Even a reach down to that Penn State edge rusher, the next best edge rusher. I don't even know. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Gross, uh, Gross Matos, however you say his name. 
Um, but part of me, I like they had they have to go quarterback in this draft, right? And yeah. I depends on I how much they dilemma. value, huh? <laughs> I said I see your dilemma. Yeah, you you left me with like because like they want to go with a a guy that they think that they can develop yeah. into their future. Um, oh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> it's understandable. Um, all right, well we're we're, we're going to do it. Let's let's go ahead and and roll it out there Ooh. with the 18th pick. Of the NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins are going to select. Don't do it. They're going to select Jordan Love. Oh, he did it. (laughs) Quarterback, Utah State. Oh, man. You you made me do it, man. Uh, If you would have just done, like, (laughs) huh? I said, let's hear your analysis of Jordan Love. Um, if you would have just taken a quarterback at the number five pick when you had the chance, we could have take we could have taken a wide receiver down here, man. I've been my my situation could have been receiver or defense. Um, so I'm gonna be honest. Here's what I know about Jordan Love: is that he has a cannon. the The way that I have understood him to be is the exact same as when Josh Allen came out two years ago. Um, He has a cannon but makes bad decisions. Um, Therefore, he's kind of high risk, high reward. Um, High risk being you could end up like Jameis and throw 30 picks. Um, High reward meaning, you know, if you you really train, develop, and coach him up, uh, you know, Josh Allen had a pretty good year this year. I was very stunned. I, when, it, when it was rumored the Browns might take a number one overall, um, I was ready to swear away my allegiance to the Browns. Um, but I've been, like, pleasantly surprised by him. Um, yeah. And so my main understanding of Jordan Love is the fact that he has a big cannon and – sometimes makes bad decisions, which is the epitome of what everyone said about Josh Allen. Like, that's all they ever talked about. The kid's, the kid's a big kid. He's 6'4", 224 pounds. Um, you know, that's a solid-sized, you know, quarterback. Um, solid. That's a pretty good-sized quarterback. Um, and um, he has a little bit of movement from what I've read. Uh, he can extend and make some plays. Uh, kind of once again, like Josh Allen, he is deceptively athletic, uh, and can run with the ball. So if he can pan out on the Josh Allen side and what we've seen from Josh Allen so far, good pick. The only downside is I, I don't know much about Miami's offensive coaches. Um, I, the, the downside of choosing a kid like that is that if you don't have somebody who can train and develop him, um, he's going to end up busting. And that's my only concern here. Like, I feel like someone like Tua had, had, had I let Tua slip past number two, but someone <laughs> like Tua or Justin Herbert who needs a little less refining 
is easier to take, I feel like, with an would um, take and do something with, whereas if you have somebody who needs a little more refining, um, potentially like Jordan Love, once again, you know, I didn't sit around and wait for the Utah State games to come on. Um, <laughs> but I feel like in this scenario, like, Miami has to make a quarterback choice. There's, you know, four of what I feel like big ones here. Yeah. He is the fourth big one. I feel like there's more later on in the draft that – could potentially be starters, um, but out of the four that I think are, are based on what people have talked about that are start now, he could potentially be that type of kid. I don't think they're going to start him immediately. I think they're going to go with Fitzmagic. I think they're done with um, with the um, Rosen uh, experiment. They let him play two games and then stop playing him, which told me they didn't like what they saw, so they were done. Um <laughs> And he's cheap, so they just haven't gotten rid of him yet. But I feel like if they draft Jordan Love or if they take a quarterback in this draft, that Rosen's going to be traded on draft night, which I'm going to hold that back because we're going to talk about those types of things in our very last podcast before the draft. But all that to say, I think it all lines up where Miami takes a quarterback here um, if they don't take one at the fifth pick, so therefore they draft Jordan Love at quarterback. Thoughts? Yeah, man, I, I apologize, dude. I screwed you on this one. Um, <laughs> it, it was funny when you were recapping, um, the top 10 picks, you said Jerry Judy went to the Dolphins, and I kid you not, my first thought was, which one of those idiots chose that one? And then I was like, oh crap, that was my pick. You're that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, why did Aaron send Jerry Judy to the Dolphins? And then I realized they were number five, and I was like, I had the odds. I don't know why I did that, but um and I'm not gonna get into the whole blame game because you took Tua and I was gonna take Tua to the Dolphins, so really it's your <laughs> fault, but um Yeah, I mean I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Here I I've heard different things about Jordan Love. I've heard some people say uh I feel like I've heard a, a good many people talk about that he has potential to be like a Patrick Mahomes, not a Patrick Mahomes, but to be, you know, maybe like a Patrick Mahomes' younger brother or something. Um, I admit that this is the first time I've heard him compared to Josh Allen. So obviously oh. you're hoping he's more. <laughs> you're hoping he's more Mahomes than Allen. But like you said, I mean, even Allen is starting to come on his own, um, and he's got a cannon just like Jordan Love does. Um, the 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 problem that I run into with people like Josh Allen and um, Jordan Love is schools like um, like Wyoming, Utah State, um, which I think Wyoming or not Wyoming, but Utah State is still Division One um, FBS or whatever. But you, some of those smaller schools they don't face a lot of competition, so you you don't really know exactly what you're getting when you draft them. Um, but I mean, you you don't. I didn't leave you with too many other options for quarterbacks. You're not <laughs> going to take Jacob Eason. Um, you're not going to take Jake Fromm. You're not going to take Jalen Hurts this high. So, um, you know, your only other position would be to draft um, defense and then maybe take. I think the Dolphins have another pick later on in the first round. Um, you know, maybe there you take. Uh, yeah, pick number 26, and maybe there you decide that you want to risk taking Jacob Eason or, or Jake Fromm or 
somebody like that. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, to me, Easton and Fromm are more second round quarterbacks than they are first round quarterbacks. So, um, I think Jordan Love makes sense. It just, it just depends on how well they develop him. And like you said, I don't know too much about how well they, de- they develop, but I know, um, their offensive coordinator, I think his name is Chad O'Shea, and he was with the Patriots. Um, so, you know, him and Flores come from that Belichick tree, um, which Belichick has had Tom Brady. But even Belichick did a pretty good job developing quarterbacks. If you look at Matt Castle, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you look at some of those other quarterbacks. Um, granted, you could say it, it, it's a system thing, but even somebody like Jared Stidham, um, you know, and Brian Hoyer, um, you know, they, they, they're decent quarterbacks. So, um, but Jordan Love has to sit this year. Like, I don't think in any world you, you entertain playing him, um, unless both Fitzpatrick and Rosen both go down. Um, I think you have to sit Jordan Love this year. Let him, let him learn from Fitzpatrick, um, Maybe even consider bringing Fitzpatrick back again for another year next year, and then letting Jordan Love take over in year three. Um, I think he's he's going to be one of those quarterbacks who, I believe, he could have a really good NFL career if you allow him to sit for a couple of years. Um, but you know, with him being a high risk, high reward, you just don't know what you're getting. Um, you know, if you play him within the first year or so, so. Granted that I screwed you over, man, that's that's a good take it to the Dolphins at number eighteen and, and I apologize again for for screwing you. So it's okay, like you've been like you pointed out, I started the messing up. <laughs> and for those listening, if you eventually hear him compared to um to Josh Allen, just remember you heard it here first. Um <laughs> throwing that out there. Alright. <laughs> With the nineteenth pick. The Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, speaking of screwing over, we're going to take C.J. Anderson, Henderson, but uh, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys took him. So now the Raiders, we're going to select a cornerback. We just don't know which one we're taking yet. Um, <laughs> so uh, the Raiders, they needed they need wide receiver and um and and defensive back corner specifically, like we talked about. Um, which obviously, you know, you took care of the wide receiver taking Henry Ruggs um, at number 12. So they've got to go. Um, they've got to go corner here. A couple of different people that they can choose from. There's Christian Fulton from um, LSU. Um, there's Trevon Diggs from Alabama. Um, so the the Raiders are going to choose Trevon Diggs from Alabama. Um, the reason that I take him over Christian Fulton um, is he's he's 6'1 and 205, um, and he's he's quicker than Christian Fulton is. Um, Christian Fulton, I think, is is ranked a little higher. He's six foot 197, so you know it's an it's an inch of a difference. But I feel like in the NFL that being six foot and six one at corner, even though it's an inch, makes a makes a pretty big difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Which, uh, you know, in regular life, that doesn't matter. But <laughs> in the NFL, it makes a difference. Um, Diggs played at Alabama. Um, he's got elite um, size and length. Um, 
he's a younger brother, Stefan Diggs. Um, just fun, fun facts. Um, but he's, he's got really good, um, ball skills. Um, and he, and he contests catches really well too, which is exactly what you want at a corner. So, um, I think if you're the, if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you've got to go corner here. Um, and Trevon Diggs from Alabama, I think would be a really good pick. Um, just because he's quicker, he's bigger, um, and he's got, he's got better ball skills than, than Christian Fulton. So, um, if CJ Henderson is here, I think you take CJ Henderson, but if he's not, I think, uh, Trevon Diggs is a really good second place. So, what do you think? I'm not acknowledging this pick because that was be my next pick. <laughs> uh, look at us. <laughs> I think <Stop> it's waiting. <laughs> I think it's a good pick. Uh Diggs was a was a straight baller and ball hawk at Alabama. Started out as a wide receiver, got moved to cornerback, um and was an absolute yeah. ball hawk. Um you mentioned the size. You know, having a having a, a DB that big that can cover and, you know, catch the ball. Um I think it's big. I think the Raiders need it. Uh, we we address their wide receiver needs already. Um, good pick. Good pick. Now I got to figure out who I'm taking. Um, yeah, um, you can't take a wide receiver here because I took CD Lamb. I know you already took one, <laughs> <laughs> which is welcome. fine. But if if it was available, I was going to take Justin Jefferson, but he's not. Yeah. Um, I think Jefferson still is available. I think. Oh, he's still available. The receiver. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, you, right. yeah. I don't need to take two receivers. You don't need to take two. You don't need to take two wide receivers. No, the, <laughs> well, Jacksonville, they need, um, they need DBs. Um, they traded away Jalen Ramsey last year. And then they also got rid of, of, or didn't sign it, whatever, AJ Boye, um, to save some cap space. So they are missing, they, they were known like four years ago for their elite defense and now they're falling apart. They've addressed their defense all throughout free agency, but one thing they have not addressed is cornerback, which I think they'll address in the draft. Um, Oh, jeez. This is tough. All right. I know who we're going. We will take who you didn't take then. Um, I think they're going to go with a, a, a DB that has a, um, a plethora of experience. Um, and they, and they will take Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU. Um, main reason being, um, he's a very physical guy. Yeah. And he runs a four four forty. Um or four four six forty. So he he's gonna be able to keep up with your 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 speedy receivers. Um he does have some good size to him, six foot, I'm gonna round up to two hundred pounds. Um he's not gonna be pushed around by the bigger receivers. Um granted, let's see who they play in Jacksonville. He'll play T. Y. Hilton. Um He'll play what would have been uh DeAndre Hopkins, but not anymore. Um, <laughs> and who's who's buddy from Tennessee Titans? Uh, um, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. He's a big he's a big boy. So oh, yeah. ha- having some decent size, being able to, and he's a fast receiver. So yeah. being able to have that speed, have that size, get physical with him, not get bullied by him. 
I think is what they're looking for. It's almost like a Jalen Ramsey who uh, – he didn't have the personality of Jalen Ramsey, but who's going to be able to get up in their face and go after him. Um, Jacksonville needs that help. They do not have cornerbacks, and so therefore, since Trayvon Diggs was taken a pick before, uh, I thought about going edge rush here because that's another thing they're missing because if you look at them, you know, they have Josh Allen um, – and they have Yannick, uh, I'm not even going to try and say his last name, but they, <laughs> they, they tagged him to trade him. So he's not going to be there next year. So they're going to be missing a, a, a rusher. Um, but their biggest weakness is at cornerback right now. And that's what we are going to address by taking Christian Fulton with the 20th pick. And for the final, uh, what are your thoughts? Sorry. I, I completely forgot to ask your thoughts. No, you're good. No, I mean, considering that I didn't give you much to work with, um, that's a that's a good pick, Christian Fulton. Um, it's just it's kind of it's sad, man. Like the Jaguars had everything worked out as far as defense goes. I mean, again, like we talked about last week, um, their defense was on pace to be one of the top ten defenses in the NFL, like NFL history to me at least. Um, and they just they blew the whole thing up when their their defense wasn't what needed fixing, their offense needed fixing, and they blew their defense up. Uh, <laughs> like you said, they they traded Ramsey. Did they trade Boye or did they just let him walk? I think they traded him. I don't know. Either way, they don't have him. Yeah, I mean, they, they put themselves in a position to now um, Christian Fulton or C.J. Henderson or Trevon Diggs None of those three corners are Jalen Ramsey or AJ Boye, and so mm-hmm. uh, you know now you've got to pick a, a younger, uh, you've got to draft a younger cornerback. So I mean, you kind of did it to yourself, but yeah, I mean, you know, Christian Fulton again, like you said, has a lot of experience. Um, he is six foot and, and two hundred pounds, which um, is not huge, but I mean, it's still it's still a decent size and. With his speed, he'll be able to keep up with T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Brown um, and, and some people like that. So, yeah, Christian Fulton is, is a good take to the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. And to end out day two of the mock draft, at the pick at 21, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Yes, sir. The Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock, and everybody in the world knows that with the 21st pick, the Philadelphia Eagles are selecting a wide receiver um, because it's been documented how badly they need wide receiver help. Um, I am kind of going back and forth between two wide receivers, somebody that um, that has been tied to the Eagles for, like, the past few mock drafts that I've seen. Um, and then another wide receiver who has slipped. And so I don't feel like you could really go wrong with either one. Um, oh, I just noticed something. I, th- I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to select uh, – I think they're going to go with T. Higgins, um, wide receiver out of Clemson. Um, I was I'm, I'm going back. I was going back and forth between him and Justin Jefferson, who's still on the board. Um, 
But the main reason the main reason I picked T. Higgins over Justin Jefferson um, is T. Higgins is six four, um, and obviously, like I think I think that Justin Jefferson is a better wide receiver than T. Higgins is. I just don't like Justin Jefferson as much um, for the Philadelphia Eagles here as I do um, T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Um, again, he's 6'4". He's got a larger catch radius. Um, he's really good at, at catching contested balls, and he's really good at reaching at catching the ball at its highest point. Um, you've got Alshon Jeffrey, who in his prime or when he was younger um, was kind of that same kind of wide receiver. Um, T. Higgins isn't slow either. Um, he's not as quick as like a Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's probably – a better route runner than T. Higgins is. Um, but I just think for the Philadelphia Eagles, T. Higgins, and this is just one of those examples, I guess, um, of where you're picking a player who fits your system more than you're picking, like, the best available prospect. Because obviously the best available prospect is Justin Jefferson, but T. Higgins, to me, fits in better with, with Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles and what they're hoping to do. Um Again, you can look at last year. They picked um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or something like that, maybe. Um, and he is like 6'4", 6'5", or something like that. Um, so they like tall wide receivers. So T. Higgins, um, pairing him uh, uh, across from Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think T. Higgins for, is going to force um, – defenses to respect him just because he is six foot four and he catches the ball really well. So um yeah, he and he'll give he'll give um Carson Wentz another another target. Um and he doesn't have he doesn't struggle with dropping the ball the same way that Nelson Aguilar or Alshon Jeffrey or some of those other <laughs> wide receivers did. So T Higgins to the to the Philadelphia Eagles at pick number twenty one. I like it. I think it's a good pick. Um, you know, looking at their their depth chart, they have Alshon Jeffrey, who's a solid receiver, but he's been battling a lot of health injuries. They have Deshaun Jackson, who is a speedster, but is getting older and had a lot of health injuries last year. Um, and then it really drops off from there. Um, yeah. Greg Ward Jr., J.J., um, Arcega Whiteside, and then a whole bunch of other players I've never heard of. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's a, I think it's a solid pick. I think this, this pick was, you know, it could have either been a receiver, which they desperately need, or a middle linebacker, um, yeah. which they're also dying for. Um, I, I think, you know, this could have been a toss of the coin because they, you know, there's so many good receivers out there. I don't know how many would have been taken off the board by the time it gets back to them. But I think T. Higgins is a really good receiver. He tore it up at Clemson with uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I just saw where was it at that he tied uh, Hopkins and Sammy Watkins with the most receiving yeah. touchdowns in Clemson history, uh, which yeah. is great company to to be around for those of you that don't remember Sammy Watkins that that only know Sammy Watkins and the pros. Uh, Sammy Watkins was a um, was baller. Red, yeah, man, he he tore it up at Clemson. He was a true, um, man. Yeah, large receiver, um, one of those that you can throw it up and he'll go get it. Um, 
he's not a small receiver where you have where where you know you throw him open or he finds the holes. I mean, he has a giant catch radius. You can he can pull it down from wherever. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think, needs that, especially if Jeffrey can't stay healthy. And Deshaun Watson nowadays is really only good for one thing, and it's the long ball. Um, so to having somebody that can be re- hopefully reliable that you can stick it to, because um, I mean, man, we hit the the end of the year and <laughs> Wentz was throwing to all these guys I had never heard of before. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was rough. So to be able to solidify that receiver slot, um, I think would be huge to get you know Wentz back to his almost um, his potential MVP year until it got derailed by a, a torn ACL. Um, yeah. And there you have it, folks. That is the second installment of our mock draft uh, picks eleven through twenty one. Next week, we will do picks 22 through 32. We'll round out the draft. And then the following week, we will do potential trades or surprises that we think may could happen on draft night. Also, um, stay on the holdout. We may or may not be in the process of sneaking in some way, whether we can do it remotely live from our own houses on Facebook through our group or whatever, some kind of um, remote uh, draft show. And if that's not feasible, then forget that I ever said this. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything to leave our listeners with? <laughs> no, you guys uh, continue to stay safe out there, continue to shelter in place. We've only hopefully got a few more days left till Monday here in Georgia. Um, so stay strong. Uh, that's all I got. Check us out on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah. And follow us on Facebook. And if, if during this draft, when you heard me and Donatus both getting frustrated because of what we did on the first podcast, please <laughs> go ahead, go back and check it out so you can hear my thoughts and rationale for two of being taken number two or why on earth the Miami Dolphins took Jerry Judy at the number five pick <laughs> and mess them up later. Um, or go back <laughs> or go back through our catalog of uh, episodes and check out anything you may have missed that that interests you. But other than that, y'all enjoy y'all's week. Stay safe and we are one day closer to the draft. We're out.